0: Okay, if you would, bow your head with me and let me pray, and then we're going to get right into the Word. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for the people that are here. I'm thankful for this great church, this great work of God in your people. I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed to be the pastor of this church, Father. It's such an honor, and I'm thankful as we look into your Word that you have your way in this place in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Let me tell you a couple of things about church. This church, the church in general, is not an organization. Okay, We're not an organization. Now, we're organized. Absolutely, we're organized. We operate like a well-tuned uh, machine, but the church is not an organization. I was at the Y. I go to the Y and work out all the time, and I was there this last year, and I love going to the Y. I love talking to people and visiting with people that are in there. I'm always ministered to and encouraged, and I, I get a chance to share and minister to other people, and Esela works in there, and I always get to visit with her and talk to her, and I'm in there one day, and there was a young man in there who's a police officer, and so we got to talking and i was sharing with him i'm a pastor and talking to him about church and here's what he said he said i don't believe in organized religion and here's what i thought i don't believe in organized law enforcement that's just as ridiculous amen all right yeah thank god for organized law enforcement don't you think we should just all have guns and then whatever laws that you believe in that's the laws you support and then if there's a problem we just end up down on main street and we take care of it right Yeah, no, 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 that's fun in the movies, right? But nobody, nobody wants to live like that. Aren't you glad when you go to the doctor or the hospital that it's, that there's organized medicine? Don't you thank God for organized medicine that when you get there, they don't say, well, we don't really know what we're doing today, but we'll try to find somebody who can maybe look at you. All right, I thank God for organized education. Aren't you thankful that when your kids go to school tomorrow, the teachers aren't going to say, well, we didn't really plan anything today, and we don't really know what's going to happen. So we're thinking we're just going to have a big, long lunch, or we're going to watch a Disney movie or something. We don't know what we're going to do. Right. Okay, we're not an organization, but we are organized. You know what we are? We're the living, breathing body of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We're the living, breathing body of Jesus Christ. Let me read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. It says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You see, we're a supernatural thing. The church is supernatural. We're the living, breathing body of Christ. We're the hands and the feet of Jesus. If you take just a moment and put your hands in front of you and look at them, those are the hands of Jesus Christ. Your feet are the feet of Jesus Christ. And you see, God's not sending somebody else. He's sending you. When you go to your job tomorrow, when you do whatever it is you do tomorrow, you are the hands, you are the feet of Jesus Christ, and he's sending you. Let me tell you what else we're not. We're not a business. Now, we do business, okay? We do business, and we do business very well. Lou works at the church and does so good with the bills and the finances, and we do everything right. We do everything above board. We take it very seriously when you give, and we use that money for ministry. We have a good reputation with the people that we pay bills and things with. We do do business, but we're not a business. Amen? Amen. We're not a business. Now, I'm so thankful that we can do business, but that's not who we are. Here's the next thing. Okay, you're not a customer. You're not a customer, and you're not a consumer. Okay, it's important that you understand that. Lots of times people come to church, and don't get me wrong, I'm not against this. People come to church to visit, and they kind of wonder about our music, or you know, do do they like what we do? Do they like how the service is? Uh, Is it too hot? Is it too cold? If you're a visitor, I know you're never coming back, because you think, well, they don't pay their bills very good, or the air conditioner would be working, amen? So so you think, man, it's a little hot in here, so I don't know if this is the church for me. But listen, if you're not careful, you can move into that Goldilocks syndrome. You know what the Goldilocks syndrome is? is don't you it's either too hot or it's either too cold but it's never just right okay and you critique everything we do all right that's the Goldilocks syndrome when you go home for lunch or you go out to eat if you critique everything that happened here this morning then you've got the Goldilocks syndrome now church is a lot like marriage Okay, And marriage and, and the church can be looked at it two different ways. The first way is whether you're a consumer. The second way is whether you're a lover. Now, what's a consumer? A consumer is, I'm here for you to meet my needs. So I'm talking to you if you're married this morning, whether you're a husband or you're a wife. How do you know if you're a consumer in your relationship? Well, is everybody in your family there to meet your needs? They're there to make sure you're happy. They're there to make sure you're okay. If you have that attitude, then you are a consumer. Okay. What's a lover? All right. Gentlemen, look at me. How many of you guys want to be better lovers? Come on. Y'all are chicken to hold up your hand. Yeah. Thank you, Tim and Steve right there. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and Bill lifted his hand. So it's like, I'm not saying you're not a good lover, brother. Amen. All right. In the early service that made everybody nervous, just like you're nervous. Okay. That's we're not going. All right. Hang on with me. Okay. Here's what I love. I know some of you guys are like, I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> and your wife's praying you raise your hand, right? <laughs> listen to this. Here's how you know if you're a lover. You're there to meet their needs. All right? listen to it. Don't miss, don't miss it. Let me meet your needs. So in a marriage, if your marriage is about you getting your needs met, you're a consumer. If you're in that marriage and that relationship, and even in your family, I'm here to meet your needs, I'm here to love you, I'm here to serve you, then you're a lover. We can approach church the very same way, all right? Now listen, one of the things that we take so important at Toya Christian Fellowship, we pray, we prepare, we get our hearts, we wanna do everything we can so when you come in this place, you're ministered to. I can tell you story after story as I look across this room. Many of you, all of you probably in one way or another have been ministered to by the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's been so many amazing testimonies. Our heart is for you to be ministered to. That's absolutely what we want to happen. But then we want you to take that next step. And that next step is where you begin to minister to others. When you show up in this place, you're not just here for you. And listen, that'll change your church experience. When you walk through the door of church, if you'll say this, God, what do you have for me today? I've talked about that many times. You know, lots of times we can come to church and we think, man, I wish Cousin Bill was here, or man, I wish Aunt Susie was here. I wish so and so was here to hear this message when the message is for you. God, what do you have for me today? Then the second thing is, God, who do you want me to touch today? Who do you want me to minister to today? And it can just be something as simple as a smile. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're preaching, but that you're not just a consumer, but you're you're also a lover. Listen, the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. Now, the church is all over the earth. It's called the body of Christ. And it can be under many different denominational names, okay? If you know Jesus as your Savior this morning, and you consider Tuya Christian Fellowship your home, then you're a part of Tuya Christian Fellowship, but you're a part of the body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ is worldwide. The body of Christ is in the United States of America. The body of Christ is in Texas. And then we are a local local new testament church and we're a supernatural living body of jesus christ here to make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of this community i want to read a verse to you i'm going to go to ephesians 1 starting with verse 22 listen to what it says this says, god has put all things under the authority of christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church now stop right there jesus said this himself He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, don't miss this. Listen, all authority belongs to Jesus Christ. How much is all? Every bit of it. Right, there's none none left. All authority in heaven, all authority in earth belongs to Jesus Christ. Then it says in Ephesians that Jesus is above every title that can be conferred. Not only in this age, in this world, but in the age and the world which is to come. I love that verse. Listen to it one more time. All authority has been given unto Jesus. He's above every title that can be conferred. Not only in this age, in this world, but in the age and the world to come. Listen, Jesus is Lord. There's nobody over Jesus Christ, amen? Then he gave you and I that authority and said, hey, go to your Christian Fellowship, go to your job, go to your family, and you take that authority and you make a difference. Now listen to it. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him to be head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church, that's us. The church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Now listen to this. The church is not less important than the world. The world is less important than the church. Let me read it again. The church is not less important than the world. And when I say world, I mean culture, okay? The church is not less important than the culture. The the culture, the world is less important than the church. What are you saying? Folks, we're the hope of this community, now, I'm grateful. There so many good things happen in this community. I'm grateful for our law enforcement. I'm thankful for our schools, our businesses, our restaurants, all that happens. What, whether you live in Tulia or you live somewhere else, there's lots of good things happening in this community. But we are a light set upon a hill. We're the born-again body of Jesus Christ. We keep darkness at bay in this community and in our lives and in our families. We are the hope of Tulia, Texas. Now, not just Tulia Christian Fellowship but the churches and the body of Christ in this city. We are the hope of this city, not our businesses, not our banks, not our schools. Now, don't misunderstand me. All I'm saying is, is we bring life and light through Jesus Christ, and all of those things are better because of the church. Amen? All right, now, the church is three things. The first thing we are as a family, when I was a kid growing up, My cousins went to church on the wrong side of the tracks and they attended the first assembly of God. And I hung out with them, I grew up with them, I went to church with them my whole life and they called each other brother and sister. The church I went to was on the other side of the tracks and we didn't call each other brother and sister because we were too educated and too sophisticated. And so we didn't do that. But they called each other brother and sister because they knew something we didn't know. They knew that they were family. Listen, we are brothers, we are sisters in Christ. We are going to spend all of eternity together. It should encourage you that you're going to get to be with me forever. <laughs> I mean, Vicky's excited about that every day. That she's going to be with me for, now. She, I don't, I won't get into that. That's a whole other issue. Amen. We are brothers and sisters. We have the same father. We are born of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we're family. Now, I know families can have problems. I know families can have warts. I know families can have issues. Every family has, you know, crazy Uncle Eddie, all right? We have crazy Uncle Eddie here too. I just won't point him out, okay? You have to figure out who that person is. But we, we have, you know, right? You know how people say, oh, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Nothing, nothing makes me madder than that. There's not one hypocrite in this room. There's not one. No, there's not one of you in this room. Do you know why? Because you're here, because you're looking for something, you need something, and you want something. You are not a hypocrite. There's not any in Tully Christian fellowship. Nothing nothing hurts me more than when somebody says that we're a family. Here's the second thing we are we're a hospital. Listen to this, you're going to like this. The church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. Amen. Amen. All right, let me give it to a different way. The church is a hospital for sinners, not a hotel for saints. Okay, you're not just supposed to show up here and sit and consume and take in and not give back and not do anything with what God's given you. Okay, we're a family, the second thing we are is a hospital, the third thing we are is a school. We're a school. We're a school that talks about Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful for our school system here. I'm so thankful the schools in this area and we pray over them regularly. One of the things that we do is we're a school. Listen, Power Kids is getting ready to start and I'm gonna be down there and there's gonna be 140 kids in there. You know, it, you ever drive by car lots and they have that little air thing with a little man with the arms and it flows up and down? Okay, I wanna buy one of those for Power Kids and Monica and Vicky won't let me. Okay, look, Monica's right here on the front row. No, no. And I'm like, why can I not buy one of those? What are you gonna do if 200 kids... Kids show up, all right? So they won't let me buy one. So what about those poor children that don't know Jesus, right? No, I'm only kidding you. There's going to be 140 kids. And when we get up there that first night, I'm going to get up and I can say this. How many of you boys and girls want Jesus in your heart as your Savior? Every single one of them will raise their hand. Every single one of them. You know, we don't do altar calls in power kids. If I got up there and said, everybody that wants Jesus come up front, well, I'd be killed, I'd be killed wouldn't i Monica? I'd be killed. Yeah, they would stampede to the front. And when they all went back to their seats with Jesus, there would be my crumpled, broken body in the floor. All right, we can't do that. But you know what we do? Listen, our one heart, our one goal in power, kids, is to make sure those boys and girls know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, listen, they're eating frozen pickle juice. They're eating chicken nuggets. They're drinking Gatorade. They're eating Gogurt, They're crying. They're tattling. They're fighting. They're running. Okay, that's what kids do. Amen. All right, that's what kids do. And then they get in that service, and we play music, and they sing, and they worship their hearts out. They throw their hands in the air, and we show videos, and we talk about Jesus, and we want to make sure they know Jesus as their Savior. When they walk out that door as a fifth grader, and they're, and they're done with power kids, that they know Christ. Then they come right down here into this building, this that two weeks this Wednesday from this side to this side is going to be full of teenagers. Now, teenagers are a little older and they can say everybody come up front and nobody gets killed when they do it. But they do get out and come up front. And here's what we do. We want to make sure they understand about the Holy Spirit. We give them an opportunity to be water baptized. Listen to me. I'm going to just tell you, I was always afraid to offer water baptism in Ground Zero. I never did it because I didn't want to offend parents. I I just never did it. I didn't want... I just didn't I, I scared all right I scared well then Kirk comes in and takes over and my gosh now we water baptize 30 40 50 kids a year we, and, their, and their parents come and they weep and they come to the baptisms and finally somebody's showing up and serving God amen and, and not somebody afraid to do something for Jesus so we get them water baptized we pray for them we teach them about the love of God listen we're a school and we're schooling our kids on the Lord Jesus Christ. The men are getting ministered to. The ladies are getting ministered to. Now, I want to read to you out of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Listen to what this says. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Every single one of you in this room has a gift from God. Every one of you. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Now let me show you three simple things this morning. Here's what happens when you give and you serve. First off, I want to say thank you. Listen, I'm a small part of Tuya Christian Fellowship. When you come on Sunday, you see me. But we have the most amazing volunteers in this church of any place I've ever been. I'm so grateful for our volunteers. And I'm a small part. I mean, I couldn't name all the ministries, all the things that make this happen. When I pull up here on Sunday morning, there's already vehicles here. There's already things going on. Already things happen. And so I'm thankful. Okay? Then I want to challenge those of you who maybe you haven't taken that step. But let me tell you two things before I do that. First off, I'm thankful that you pray. Listen, if you have a prayer life, can I encourage you, please take time to pray for Ground Zero. Please take time to pray for Power Kids. We're getting ready to go to men's retreat. Please take time to pray. Listen, nothing we do works without prayer. And if you pray during the week, say, Father, let your hand and your grace be on power, kids. Let your hand and grace be on ground zero. God, cover the men as they go to men's retreat that they're encouraged. God, minister to the people in our church. Here's the second thing. I'm thankful for your giving. I'm thankful for your giving. Kurt and I went to Sam's this last week, and we call it going on a Sam's run. We're buying supplies for Ground Zero and Power Kids. All right, and Kurt and I got, he has that big basket, and I've got a basket. And we go around, and we fill up these baskets with all the things that we're going to use. Now, we're only buying supplies for a month. This is 30 days' worth of supplies. And we pull up to check out, and the little lady does all the stuff, and she gets all done. And the receipt's about this long, and she looks up, and she says, it's $1,200. And I'm thinking, that must be a big bill for her. All right? We are able to do that because of you. We're able to buy the chicken nuggets, the drinks, the chocolate milk, all the things that we do to minister to 300 kindergarten through 12th graders every single week. We'll go back in a month, and we buy it all again, and we come back, and we do it again. Listen, I'm thankful for your giving. I'm thankful for your prayers, and I'm thankful for your giving. Now, what happens When you do the next step beyond those things, here's three things that happen. First off, when you serve, it's a great step to growing. Many of you know Bebo Ramirez, right? Uh, He's in the early service. He's an elder in this church. Uh, He works at Pantex in Amarillo. And Kurt recruited him to help in Ground Zero. And I don't know if it's been two or three years ago. Here's what he told me after the service this morning. He said, serving has changed my life. He said, the first thing I would have told you is, I don't have time to do it. I don't have time. He said, you know what I found out? Once you start serving, you make time. He said, I don't do anything on Wednesday night because I'm in Ground Zero. He said, you know, one of the craziest things that happened to me in Ground Zero as a volunteer is when the teenagers begin to come up and hug me. And he said, I don't think I liked that. You know, Bebo's a Marine. Okay? Now, I didn't say he was an ex-Marine because there's no such thing as an ex-Marine. If you're a Marine, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You know, he would yell at his kids at dinner time, and Kara told him, you know, they sit in the chow hall, <laughs> right? So, so he's a Marine. He said, it was hard for me when they would come up and hug me. He said, but it's changed my life because I volunteered. Here's the second thing that happens is you find your purpose. Listen, every one of you in this room have a purpose, and I'm so thankful for you being a part of two of your Christian fellowship. Here's the third thing. You get to use your gift. Listen, my gift got me in trouble my whole life. What gift is that you have, Pastor? The gift of talking. I've been in trouble. Quit shaking your heads looking at me like, yeah, you know. <clears throat> I got in trouble my whole life. I got whippings at school. I'm so old. When I went to school, they gave you whippings. And I got whippings for talking too much. Okay? Right? You know, I'm in the first day of junior high in Amarillo, Texas, and they made us wear them little white shorts and white T-shirt. Everybody looked the same. It was like we were in prison, right? And the coach was down on one end, and we were all together on one end. He said, "Boys, down here!" And I said under my voice, loud, "Boys, down here!" Well, he come marching down there, and everybody was pointing at me. And I'm thinking, where did that come from? That was my gift and it got my seat heated that day. <laughs> okay, okay, amen? But all I'm saying is is God had that in me. It got me in trouble a time or two, but that gift was in me, and I'm grateful that I get to use it. Listen, three things happen to you. You grow spiritually, you find your purpose, and you use your gift. Let me tell you a story as I close this morning. Back in the 50s, There was a young man by the name of Jim Elliott. And if you know who Jim Elliott is, you immediately know the story that I'm talking about. He was in his 20s. In fact, he was 28 years old uh, back in the 50s. I'm eight months old at the time. He's 28 years old. He and four of his friends got it on their heart that they were going to be missionaries in Ecuador. Now, this is in the 50s and so they took a reconnaissance trip over to ecuador and one of the guys was a private pilot and they flew over there and they made contact with a tribe called the acua tribe and they had this initial contact with some of the people and they interacted with them a little bit and they kind of did some scouting of kind of what they wanted to do was they wanted to build a little area where they could like be a base camp and then they were going to go up river and literally go into the jungle to minister to this tribe of people who'd had no really contact with the outside world now remember it's in the 50s so they had this initial contact so they took their private plane and they flew in down by the river and landed and they got out to begin to scout and as they were scouting let me get the date here on uh january the 8th 1956 10 tribesmen 10 warriors from that tribe came out of the jungle and they killed all five of those men at one time And their bodies were thrown into the river, and their bodies floated down the river, and they were found in different places. Now, Jim Elliott was 28 years old on January 8, 1956, and he gave his life for the gospel. Now, here's the most amazing thing about this story for me. His wife and the women continued to do ministry for that tribe and reach them for Christ even though their husbands were killed. They found his journal, and this was what was written in his journal. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot have. Let me read it again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot have. Last week... Kurt and I were in Rio Dosa with Jesus Chapel Christian School, and I read you the letter from the little high school girl. Her parents are starting a church in Juarez, Mexico across the border, and it's still very dangerous there. There's still drug wars going on. There are still people being killed and mutilated, and they're there starting a church. And the little girl, if you remember last week, I read the letter, and she said that she was hurting watching her parents suffer and give up things for the cause of Christ. Then I had another young man who's a staff member there Come up to me, and his dad has a pastor. His dad's a pastor in El Paso. And he came up to me and he said, I'm hurting. I'm watching my dad and my mom sacrifice for the cause of Christ, and it hurts me. And it struck me, those two stories. And here's why I'm sharing this with you this morning. Listen, I'm so grateful to be pastor of such a great church. I'm so grateful that you're my spiritual family and that I'm here. And I want you to know. in comparison to what Jesus Christ has done for me, I've given up nothing, I've lost nothing for the cause of Christ. Paul said that his whole life was as dung. Okay, and we all in West Texas know what dung is, right? He said, my life in comparison to the cross is dung. I'm so grateful to be a pastor. I'm so grateful to be called into the ministry. I'm so grateful for this church. Listen, there's nothing in life that I wouldn't give up for the cause of Christ to do what Jesus Christ has called me to do. And it hurt me to hear these, these young people, and I know they're hurting and it's real, but I'm so grateful. Listen, I wanna spend the rest of, of my life doing ministry i want to spend the rest of my life reaching kids for jesus reaching teenagers for jesus and doing ministry at Toya christian fellowship and making a difference in this city in this county and i want you to be a part of it now outside at the red desk here's what we have out there i've got sign up sheets for ground zero for power kids for nursery for ushers and for greeters listen we need help in every one of those areas we need help in every one of those areas. Listen, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fill up that room right there. And then as soon as that room's filled up, we got some other plans. But I can't tell you this morning because i got to wait a couple more weeks to share with you what's on my heart. But we're going to fill up that room. Then we're going to need more space because we're changing people's lives for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for this great church and these great people. Lord, it's such an honor to pastor here. It's such an honor that you've counted me faithful. You saw something in me, God. Lord, nobody saw it but you. But you saw it. And I'm so thankful this morning. Father God, I pray for every person in this room today that they're strengthened and they're encouraged and they're refreshed. Father, I've been praying those two things, and I want to pray it again today, God. I pray that we're hungry for you, that we know who we are. Father, I pray as we go to our jobs, as, as we give, as we pray, as, as different ones sign up to serve, God, that we are making a difference for eternity. Father God, when I see you, I want to hear well done. Well done, Rusty. You did exactly what I told you to do. Father, comfort, encourage, and, and strengthen us. Lord, as we teach school, work in businesses, all the things represented in this room, law enforcement, all the jobs we hold, God, that we bring your light and your love everywhere we go. Father, I'm thankful. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hey, I love you. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Y'all go and be blessed.